Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today, we're going to be in John chapter 3. If you want to turn that into your Bible, on fourth book of the New Testament. We're in John chapter 3, and we're going to talk about a Christmas love story. A Christmas love story. And I always love the Christmas program, the kids' Christmas program. They're so cute, and, and they do funny things. You watch the video later, and you see all the things they, they did later, and they all laugh about it. And we, we were watching this week 10 years ago, and it was, we were seeing all these kids that were... We were watching the video, and, and so many of the young adults now were in the play. And we're like, that's this one, and that's this one. You guys look so funny. But anyway, it was, it was really cute to look at it. And, it was, and it's also touching to have them illustrate the story of baby Jesus because it's an amazing story. It's a love story. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the children and how they showed us what you did on Christmas. They showed us in a very touching way. Father, we pray that our hearts would be touched now as we look at your word and as we focus on your son, Jesus. We pray that in, in his name. Amen. Okay, so John 3, I guess you know where I'm going with this, if you've ever been here more than once. Uh, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And the reason I was saying that is I pretty much bring every service back to this at some point, right? Because what a powerful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the Christmas love story. The planet Earth, which we are part of, had rebelled against God, against its creator. They had re- we had rejected his laws, which were meant to not take our fun away, but they're meant to ensure our happiness, to, to make sh- show us how to live fulfilling lives. But we rejected his laws, and the result was we end up living in a dark world, a world of pain, of misery, of death, and worst of all, alienation from God our Father, the creator. That's been the result. And we're also separated, not just alienated, but we're also separated from God for all eternity because of our rebellion against him. We broke his holy law, and cosmic justice demands punishment. Just like we break a law in the U.S., somebody's got to pay for it. (laughs) Somebody's going to have to pay for it, right? Well, it's the same thing. That's based on God's cosmic law. If we break law, if we do something wrong, somebody's got to pay for it. And we had no human way of paying the price for our sin. No way. We're hopeless. We're lost. We're trapped in this, this planet. So God's solution was something shocking, something incredible, an incredible act of love. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He, God gave His only son. He sent his one and only son, Jesus. There's a great lie being told in the world today, and especially in the USA today, that God has many sons, and there are many ways to God. It doesn't matter. You pick whichever one. It's a buffet. You know, you you pick the one you want, and you're going to get to him somehow, some way. Well, (laughs) Jesus didn't sign up for that buffet. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except 
through me. It's the only way. His one and only Son. In John 3.36, just a little bit after 3.16, it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. There's only one way to God, and that's through his one and only Son. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. He gave him. What does it mean he gave him? He gave him to die for us on the cross. In our place, we all deserve to die on that cross. We all deserve punishment on this earth and eternal punishment. Everyone here, everybody who's ever been born on this planet deserves that because of our sin. But Jesus, God gave his son Jesus, his one and only son, to die for us on the cross in our place. He took our punishment. Just as in the Old Testament, you see the the lamb that was sacrificed and, and the people's Sin was symbolically placed on that lamb. They would put their hand on the lamb and they would kill the lamb while you had the hands on. And it was a symbol of your sin being put on that lamb. The, the, The Jewish people, their sin was put on that. And the blood that was shed paid for the sin. That's what paid for cosmic justice. But Jesus is the lamb of God. He came, John said, he's the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. He's the Lamb of God, the ultimate. All those lamb sheep that were killed were looking forward to the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus who died once for all. It was all a picture of who was going to come. The, the Son of God to come and die in our place. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, fulfilled by dying in our place what that Lamb was intended to do. He was our substitute. The Bible teaches he substitute. He took our place. And he could do it because he never broke the law. Somebody, the only one who could take our place, it had to be someone who didn't break the law. Because we're all in the same, every human is in the same prison. We're just in different cells. And we're all on death row. We're all going to die and and our our sin is going to catch up and we're going to die someday. And we're going to face the judge. Nobody nobody can help anybody. If I say, oh, you know, Keith, I'll take your place. Uh, You switch with me. What are we doing? We're just switching jail cells. Because we're all in prison because of our sin. Because we've broken the law. But Jesus wasn't in the prison. And when he took our place, it really helped us. Because he's outside the prison. He doesn't have to pay. And when he trades us, when he takes our place, we go free. And that's what Jesus did. In Romans 4.25 it says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. He was delivered over for our sin. He took our place. He was our, our substitute. But not only that, but he was raised to life for our justification. He didn't just die for us, which was awesome, that was enough. But he came back from the dead after three days, just like he promised, to prove he was the one and only son of God. That's something none of these other so-called sons of God ever did come back from the dead after three days. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies, hundreds of prophecies, about his, about his life and his resurrection. He fulfilled those prophecies, his own prophecy. He said, I will come back after three days. After I'm crucified, I'll come back from the dead. They didn't even know what he's talking about. It was so shocking that he even said that. But that's what Jesus did. He fulfilled his own. Why? Why did he come back? He died so that we could be forgiven, but he came back so that we could live a new life in Jesus Christ. He came back to give us the power, that resurrection power, the same resurrection power that brought Jesus back from the dead is the same resurrection power that we have if we've given our life to Jesus Christ. How do we get this new life? 
How can we be forgiven and start over with God? How can we do that? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him. The word believe there in the Greek is the same word we get faith from. It's interchangeable. It means faith. It means the word, it's not an intellectual just believe in something. Oh, that's part of it. But it has to go from the head to the heart. And it's a lot deeper. It means complete trust. When you see that word believe or faith in the Bible, it's talking about complete trust in, dependence, clinging to. Think of uh, when, I was de- when they were, were dedicating little Joshua there and I was going to try to take him away from his dad. And what did he do? No, he clinged to his dad. You know, he hanging on. I couldn't peel him off if I tried, right? That's, that's the picture, that's a picture of, the, of, of a little child clinging to their parent. That's the picture of this word faith. That's a, a, a good picture of it. It means to hang on. And when we pray a prayer of faith, we, when we pray the prayer of faith that, that John 3.16 talks about and the Bible talks about, it talks, the, the complete prayer is to ask for forgiveness of our sin, Say, I repent of my sin. I ask for forgiveness of everything I've ever done that has broken your law, that's meant for my good, broken your law, and I believe in your son Jesus. I'm putting my trust in Jesus. I'm grabbing a hold of Jesus, and I'm going to give my life to him. That's how we get this new life. That's saving faith. The Bible talks about saving faith. There's two main types of faith in the Bible. There's saving faith. That's when we put our faith in Jesus and we are now saved from our sin. We're saved from eternal judgment. We're saved from from a horrible life here on earth and, and eternity. We're saved from that. That's saving faith. And every one of us at some point has to put our faith in Jesus. That's saving faith. But once we do that, our Christian life doesn't just end there. We don't say, okay, beam me up, God. I'm ready to go to heaven. No, it doesn't end there. That's just the start of a new life. In Christ. Now that we are saved by faith, by putting our trust in Christ, now we have to live by faith. It's a different, it's a sanctifying faith. There's saving faith, saving faith, sanctifying faith. This is a, a faith that we live, how we live our Christian life. This is how we live and grow close to God. This is how we live and God starts to change our life. We begin to experience the fulfillment that we were always meant to have, that sin got in the way of and turned to misery and, and, and pain and, and ultimately death. But, but we, when we have saving faith, we can then start to live by faith. Galatians 2.20 talks about this. Very important. It's great you've, we've put our faith in Christ if you've done that. And I hope everybody here does it. Before Christmas, but, but it's important that we live by saving faith. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. How do we live? I live by faith in the Son of God. Did you do anything to earn your salvation? Can't. There's nothing we can do. That's why these religions and even Christian groups that say, you've got to work your way into heaven and be good enough. It's, it's a lie. We can't be. If we could have done that, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die for us. But we, we can do nothing for salvation except put our faith in Jesus. But after we do that, a lot of times we say, okay, I, I, I got my salvation. I'm right with God and I have a new life. And then now I'm going to really try really hard to please God. I'm going to really really try now to change my life. That's what we do often, don't we? I call it white-knuckle Christianity. You know, you're hanging on, you know, and, and we, we try to do it. 
But that's not how, the same way that we are saved is the way we have to live. Complete dependence. We couldn't do anything to get our salvation and, and, and get right with God and, and be, get the promise of heaven someday. And we can do nothing to live this Christian life. We have no power. Nothing. We have to totally trust in Jesus for strength to live our life here on this earth until we go to heaven someday. And it's living by faith. It's a whole different way of, of thinking. How do we do that? When we're facing a struggle in our life, instead of saying, no, you know, got to get through this, got to get through this, God helps those who help themselves, you know, that whole thing. No, no, no. We turn to God in prayer and say, God, please help me for this struggle I'm going through. Help me. And it's that complete dependence. When we're facing a temptation, instead of, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, white-knuckle Christianity, right? We're hanging on for dear life. No, say, God, I want to do it. And I'm going to fall on my face if you don't give me your mercy and grace right now. I totally need your mercy and grace, or I can't do this. We're battling our personal demons. We all know what we're struggling with. We say, God, I believe you are stronger I believe it. Now help me as I persevere in my faith and I keep going. I totally need your help with this. It's that total dependence when we're perplexed by something in our life. Anybody here perplexed? <laughs> Nobody probably. You might know somebody who's perplexed right now. And there's some, why is this happening? What is going on? And we say, God, I'm going to trust that you have a reason for allowing this. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I trust that you have a reason and somehow you're going to work this out for good in my life if I trust you and stay close to you. That's living by faith. Trusting that God's going to work it out somehow. This, this mess that we have made or has been made without our even doing. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose we know that in most things some things we know that when things are going well no it doesn't say it. it says we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him he whatever we have it's like a jigsaw puzzle anybody here like doing jigsaw puzzles I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. But my family loves them. There's always a big jigsaw pile on the table. They come and help us. I'm like, no, I got enough problems. I don't need to create problems for myself. Right? You know, I got enough stress in my life. I don't need to look for a little piece of puzzle. But they love it. My family loves it. Right? Always a big jigsaw puzzle on the table. Well, you know when you first take that puzzle out and you just dump it on the table and it's everything everywhere flipped over. You know, you, you gotta, you know, that's what our life is like, isn't it? But God takes, and a lot of times we create the jigsaw puzzle with what we've done, right? God takes that puzzle if we trust him. And if we live by faith, he takes it and he starts putting it together. And you're like, oh, that's what God was trying to do. Oh, this is what he's trying to show me. If we let him by living by faith. Romans 8.20 is a great verse to, to hang on to. Are we living by faith? Are we saved by faith? Have you been saved by faith? I'm going to give you a picture before I close in prayer. Of, so, I've used this before. If you've been here a while, you might have heard this. But it's a picture that really helps us understand what it means to be saved by faith and live by faith. I remember some years ago I was uh, going to India. I was going to go minister in India for a couple weeks. I had a ministry there with uh, 
some church planters, and I was going over, and I got. A, I remember getting on the plane in New York, and we were flying to Frankfurt to catch a connection to get to India, right? And I remember on the way there, there was a lot of Germans on the plane, and I was sitting next to a couple from Germany, from, and we, got, we started to, you know, get talking and, and develop the friendship, which was tricky because I, I don't know any German besides, you know, Gesundheit, you know, or Wiegates, you know, Wiegates, so good, you know, I picked that up at a soccer game once. But anyway, uh, the... I, and they, but they knew some English. It was broke, really broken, but they knew some English, right? And so we, my wife Kim will say, I could talk to anybody. I can become friends with anybody. And it's true. I, we're sitting on the plane, and we, we, we had this friendship, and we're talking, and I was showing them pictures of the kids, you know, and, and they were talking to me about their family, and we were talking. It was really hard, but it was, it was tricky, but we were talking. And then they said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to India. Why India? You know, I said, well, uh, I'm going to go do ministry. I'm going to share Jesus Christ. And they were intrigued because they had a friend who was, I could tell a witness to them, planted some seeds. And so I started to, they started asking me questions about Jesus, and I was able to explain a lot. And it was tricky, let me tell you, it was tricky because I, you know, we were trying to talk, and, and I, was, I was able to explain who Jesus was. They, they pretty much had that and why he died on the cross. They kind of already knew that, and I was able to get through that. But the thing we hit a wall on was faith. Because they were from a background where you had to earn your way into heaven if, if you could get there at all. And, and I was trying to explain faith, and they just couldn't quite get the faith thing. And I couldn't explain it because of the whole language issue. And so I'm like, God, we're so close. I, I, what, how can I explain faith to them? And right in front of me was that, you know, on the international flights, I don't know if they still have them. I haven't taken one in a long time. But they, they had that big map in front of you where they show where the plane is on the map. You know what I'm talking about? We were right in front of them. I'm like, <gasps> and it hit me. I said, oh, okay, here, here you go, here you go, faith. I say, right in front of us, say, you see the map here? And they show the computerized little plane. Do they still do that? They're going across the map. I said, do you see where we're going from? New York to Frankfurt. Yeah, 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 okay, go, yeah, yeah, okay, good, 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 okay. Uh, okay, now, could you jump from New York to Frankfurt? Could you jump? 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 Yeah, yeah, jump, jump, jump? No, no, why? Too far, too far, too far, yeah, 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 that's good, that's good, yeah. Okay, so, I watched Hogan's Heroes, I got a little of that lingo down, but hey, so, I could get through to them, yeah, anyway. So then, then I said, okay, what do you have to do to get from New York to Frankfurt? The plane. Yeah, the plane, the plane. Yeah, the plane. Good, good, good. Okay. Now, can you jump from the earth, earth to heaven? No, too far. Yes, right, too far, too far. Can't get there. How do you get there? No plane. No, no plane. No, no, no plane goes that high either. Yeah, no plane. How? I said, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the plane. You put your faith in Jesus. You grab a hold of Jesus. It's like little Joshua. Grab dad there. You grab a hold and put your faith in him. And he takes us to his father in heaven. And they got it. And that's what faith is. Faith is like just when you get on a plane and you're going to go somewhere, you put your total faith in that plane and that pilot, don't you? 
You get in, and wherever that plane goes, you go. If it gets there, you get there. If it goes down, you go down. Wherever it goes, you go. You have no, there's no way around it. That's faith. That's faith. And that's what we have to do with Jesus, put our faith in Jesus Christ. And not only that, but it also shows us how to live. I, we, I don't know what they ended up doing. I, I, I told them how to do it, and I, that's as far as I could get through. But my prayer is that they put their faith in Christ. But, but not only that, this is an illustration too of how to live by faith. Because once we put our faith in Christ, once we get on that plane, we're totally trusting Christ, right? But then, but then what do we often do? We're Christians, we put our faith in, in, we're saved, but oftentimes we stop living by faith and we start to try to do it on our own. We hijack the plane. We try to. God won't be hijacked, right? But, but we try to hijack the plane. We say, God, go over here. You're going, you're, you know, backseat drivers, you know, God has a whole plane full of them with us, right? You know, do this, do that. Why do you do it? God, where are you going? Why am we hitting bumpy weather? What, is this a storm you brought me into? You know, we, you know, we, we, we start to complain to God. We stop living by faith. We start to tell him what to do. And, and we start to, you know, where's the parachute? We want to bow out on God. Nobody here, but you probably know someone like that. And so we want to bail out. We don't like where he's taking us. Or, or yeah, imagine this. Imagine getting on the plane, and you're there, and it's taken off. And imagine I'm flying to India, and I start running up and down the aisle. And the stewardess is like, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to get there faster. That'd be silly, right? And yet, don't we do the same thing? We take things in our own hand, and God's got us in his plane, and he's heading us somewhere, and we're just trying to help him do what he's already going to do instead of sitting down, buckling up, and letting him take us where he wants to take us. That's living by faith. Are we living by faith? Think of some area in our life that God is speaking to us about, that he's calling us to live by faith. Have you been saved by faith? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever gotten on the plane? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus. But today it's clear and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. He's calling you. He's pulling on you to put your faith in Jesus today. To take hold of Jesus. And you can do that right now. You don't need a religious ritual or a person to help you. It's between you and God. He can hear the prayer of your heart right now. Just say, Jesus I ask you to forgive me, my sin, everything wrong I've ever done. I repent of it. I walk away from it. I don't want it anymore. I want you, Jesus. I want the life that you've died to give me. I ask you to forgive me. I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. I'm getting on that plane. I'm trusting you to bring me to your Father. I'm trusting you to give me a new life. And I'm going to follow you because I'm on the plane and I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you control of my life now. 
Forgive me. I'm putting my faith in you and I'm going to follow you. If you've prayed that prayer, you've just received a Christmas gift. A gift of life. Real life here on earth and life forever with God someday in heaven. And the Holy Spirit now is living inside of you. God's Spirit is sent into you. And your life will never be the same. Just wait. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you came with a family member or friend or want to tell me on the way out or fill out the card or text or call or email something. Let somebody know so that we can be excited for you and, and, and help encourage you in your new life in Jesus. Don't keep it a secret because it's awesome. For the rest of us who've already put our faith in Christ, how is God speaking to us? Are we living by faith? Maybe there's an area of our life that we've quit living by faith and maybe a temptation or a struggle or maybe even the Christian life. We've just tried to parachute out. We're all just hanging on because the parachute's caught on the wing of the plane. But we've pretty much bailed out on God. But there's no peace. There's no joy. There's no fulfillment apart from living by faith in Jesus. Just say, God, I I need hope. I need encouragement. Help me to persevere in my faith. Keep living by faith. Help me to stay close to you. And I pray that as each of us opens presents this Christmas, that would be a reminder of the gift that God has given us through his son Jesus. And it would be a reminder that he wants us to give our lives back as a gift to him so that he could really make us who he wants us to be. Really give us a real life that's truly fulfilling in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for that Christmas hope that everyone here would know the, your love. The same love that sent your own, one and only son to die for us. I pray each of us would know that in Jesus' name. Amen.